From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Dr. Andrew Wakefield and Del Bigtree, the director and producer of a documentary that has caused more than a stir. Uh, you'll recall that Vaxxed, from cover-up to catastrophe, uh, was banned from the Tribeca Film Festival, and then later Robert De Niro, the, the founder, the curator, I, I suppose, of the festival, uh, went public and declared that he regretted that decision. Uh, De Niro has an adult son with autism, and uh, Vaxxed, of course, examines the, the cover-up, the omission of data, the destruction of data, uh, by the Centers for Disease Control while they were conducting a study examining possible links between the MMR vaccine and autism. Uh, so, again, Dr. Andrew Wakefield and Dell Bigtree are standing by. Uh, Ian Robertson is here on the other side of the glass, twisting dials and knobs, and uh, young Will Power, sort of the uh, the audio sorcerer's apprentice, is uh, working alongside Ian. Welcome, Will. Uh, Albert Vinzel is back, of course, after a much-deserved break, my story producer, and he's running our Hangout on Air. Yes, we stream this radio program as well uh, live on YouTube, and you can join in. Just go to my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. Find the tweet at or near the top of the feed, and it contains a link. Just click on that HOA link, and you're in. All right, let me remind you, Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, Season 4 of The Conspiracy Show, a television program uh, with yours truly, airs across Canada on Vision TV. Monday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, Vision TV. Write that down and slap it on your refrigerator. Uh, get, on up at the, uh, get on up to the website, strangeplanet.ca, and that's the portal to this program and the television uh, program as well and other projects. Strangeplanet.ca, check out the live events page. We have two events coming this fall. Uh, one is confirmed now for Saturday, October the 15th. Saturday, October 15th, take a walk on the dark side. Rock and roll myths, legends, and curses with our Gary Patterson, the Fox Mulder of Rock, and tickets will be going on sale within days uh, through the live events page, again, at Strange Planet, and also through my good friends and partners at Conspiracy Culture. More information coming in days. Uh, one more item before we get to... Uh, the link between the MMR vaccine and autism with Dr. Wakefield and Del Bigtree. A few weeks ago, I was in Salt Lake City. I was working on a, a new TV project, and my cameraman, JJ, and I were uh, in behind the state capitol building uh, overlooking Salt Lake City. We were there. We were uh, there at sunset filming a time lapse of the uh, the cityscape at sunset. There were some teenagers up there, very nice young men and women. And... Um, uh, one of the young men we met at, uh, it's called The View, uh, is celebrating his birthday today. Irving M- uh, Miranda Huff is 19 today. Irving, if you're listening, a happy birthday to you. There was another young man up there, Sergio, who told us that uh, his hero is Nikola Tesla, and he wants to be an inventor. So hello to you too, Sergio. So again, happy birthday to Irving Miranda Huff, and hello to Sergio in Salt Lake City. Okay, let's get going. I recently watched Vaxxed from cover-up to controversy, and it makes a very compelling case 
one, one might say, open and shut case, that the CDC did indeed omit data, they destroyed data, they altered their original analysis plan, and we'll explain what that means. And this was a major study that was co-authored by senior scientist turned whistleblower Dr. William Thompson, and we talked about him on this program a couple of years ago. They investigated in this study whether there is a link between the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine and autism or autism spectrum disorder. You'll recall that uh, Dr. Wakefield published a study in Lancet in the late 90s which investigated possible links between the MMR vaccine and autism. He never said in the study that MMR causes autism and indeed he concluded that more study was needed. A Lancet later retracted the study, said its findings were an enormous fraud and so forth. We're all familiar with that story. Then, of course, two years ago, Dr. William Thompson, as I mentioned, senior scientist with the CDC, revealed these were secretly taped phone conversations. He was a whistleblower. He was reaching out to somebody that was looking for more information. Uh, And he, again, co-authored this um, study and said, omitted, destroyed data that showed a link between the MMR vaccine and autism. Director Andrew Wakefield is an academic gastroenterologist. He received his medical degree from St. Mary's Hospital Medical School in London in 1981. He qualified as Fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons in 1985 and trained as as a gastrointestinal surgeon with a particular interest in, in inflammatory bowel disease. He was awarded a a Welcome Trust Traveling Fellowship to study small intestinal transplantation in Toronto. He was made a fellow of the Royal College of Pathologists in the UK in 2001. And uh, Dr. Wakefield has published over 140 original scientific papers, reviews and book chapters in 95 as an academic, academic physician working in the London Teaching Hospital. He was contacted by a parent of an autistic child with stomach issues. He soon learned from several other parents with autistic behaviors that their children's regressive behavior immediately followed an MMR vaccine. He started investigating a possible role between gastrointestinal issues, the MMR vaccine, and neurological injury in children. In pursuit of this possible link, Dr. Wakefield participated in a study of 12 children with both stomach and developmental issues. The ensuing report, written with 12 other authors, would catapult Wakefield into becoming one of the most controversial figures in the history of medicine. The results of the study were submitted to Lancet, a British medical journal for publication in February 1998. The paper, which has become one of the most misrepresented in medical history, specifically stated, now listen to this carefully, quote, we did not prove an association between measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine and the syndrome described. Virological studies are underway that may help to resolve the issues. If there is a a causal link between measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine and this syndrome, a rising incidence might be anticipated after the introduction of this vaccine in the UK in 1988. Published evidence is inadequate to show whether there is a change. End quote. However, with the paper's publication, the dean of the medical school held a press briefing with some of the co-authors in attendance, Wakefield was called upon to answer a question as to what parents should do in light of concerns about MMR vaccine safety. He responded that in his mind there was enough doubt about MMR vaccine safety that parents should opt for the single measles, mumps, and rubella vaccines. In other words, he's not saying, he's not swearing off vaccines. He's saying take the single vaccines that were available up until that point. 
He said, it's a moral issue for me. I can't support the continued use of these three vaccines given in combination until this issue has been resolved. Wakefield advocated for the use of single vaccines. He did not say stop using vaccines altogether, as many have been led to believe. Nonetheless, this minted Wakefield as the father of the anti-vaccine movement. Dell Bigtree is the producer of the controversial film Vaxxed, From Cover-Up to Catastrophe, uh, directed, as we say, by Dr. Andy Wakefield. He was an Emmy Award-winning producer on the daytime talk show The Doctor, is one of my wife's favorites. For six years, with a background as a filmmaker and investigative medical journalist, Adele, Andrew, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Good. Well, I thought... Thank you. Good to be here. And uh, do we have uh, Dr. Wakefield as well? Yep. Can you hear me? Excellent. And Dell, you're there as well. Terrific. Thank you both. Uh, that, a, a lengthy introduction, but I wanted to sort of set the table for people, those not familiar with the Lancet study or Dr. Uh, uh, William jo- um, uh, Thompson, the whistleblower, etc. First of all, gentlemen, uh, congratulations. Uh, it's a very compelling case you make, but as a parent, watching these other parents suffer who have uh, autistic children, they believe, obviously linked to the MMR vaccine. It's very painful to watch. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, you know, what kind of reaction you're getting uh, from from parents, but I just wanted to throw that out there. It's it's hard. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah, I think for, for parents who are have children who are damaged, it's, uh, it's, it's heart-wrenching, but it's vindication that their position on the vaccine... Um, and the, the medical illness in their child was right all along, which has been denied so many times by so many doctors. And for those parents who are the, the movie, who've seen the movie, who do not have affected children, realize that they've missed a bullet, and they are um, very, very moved by what they see, just just as you have been. Uh, you set up the, the, the uh, relationship between... Uh, Dr. William Thompson, the whistleblower at the CDC, and this gentleman that he reached out to, uh, Dr. Brian Hooker, um, who is a, um, I believe, an environmental professor who was sort of making inquiries into data that the CDC may or may not have regarding this very study. Can you sort of set up how those two uh, came in contact? Sure, sure. Brian, uh, Brian Hooker is a, sure, he's a, he's a scientist. He's a father of an affected child, a child who was uh, vaccinated some years ago, severely affected, totally nonverbal. Um, Brian and his wife are effectively confined to the home when he's not teaching because they cannot take this boy out in public for the most part. It, it's a, an extraordinary life that they, they've lived for a very long time. And he, Brian, has been trying to get vaccine safety data out of the CDC for many, many years through FOIA. And he had been interacting with William Thompson in really quite a hostile way back in the early uh, 2000s. And it was therefore incredibly surprising to him that he should get a call from William Thompson, the whistleblower, in 2013, really burying his soul and telling him he was right all along. And you say that initially the the relationship was rather hostile because I'm assuming Dr. Thompson, like a lot of scientists at the CDC, are sort of seen as the first line of defense. In other words, are they instructed not to cooperate with public inquiries? Or not public inquiries, but uh, inquiries from the general public. 
Are they encouraged to? to so here, you, here you've got a scientifically trained um, father asking them really awkward questions, questions they do not want to have to answer. And at that time, of course, William Thompson knew they committed fraud, and he he was aware of fraud not only in his own study but the potential for fraud in other vaccine-related studies that he wasn't a direct part of. So he he was feeling the heat from people like Brian Hooker asking awkward questions. So at the time, it was a nuisance. It was a real nuisance. And Thompson was having his own sort of uh, inner conflict with, with the fact that they committed fraud. And I think he found that all very, very difficult. Uh, but it was to Hooker that he would turn, ironically, some years later and confess. All right. We, we are coming up on a break. When we come back, we'll talk about how uh, this study's analysis plan uh, was changed how data was omitted, how data was destroyed, whether or not there was an obstruction of justice, and and really what this study was designed to find out, what did it find out, and exactly what was the nature of the data that was omitted and destroyed. Adele Bigtree, Andy Wakefield, director, producers of Vaxxed, from cover-up to catastrophe, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. All right. Uh, welcome back, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, uh, director and Dell Bigtree, producer of Vaxxed from Cover Up to Catastrophe. Let me point out, if you haven't seen this film, and you really ought to, you owe it to yourself and to your family, and then you can decide for yourself. But here there are some special screenings happening right here in Toronto at the Kingsway Theatre. That's in Etobicoke. Uh, July the 29th through August 4th. Kingsway Theatre, Etobicoke, July 29th through August 4th. These are special Q&A screenings with Dr. Wakefield. Friday, July 29th, um, uh, to follow from 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. showtimes, 5 p.m. and 7.30. Saturday, July 30th, and again, a Q&A to follow, and these are 5 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. showtimes. Friday the 29th, Saturday the 30th, uh, tickets can be purchased at the box offices and... Um, uh, again, that's at the Kingsway Theatre. Conspiracy Culture Bookstore. Good friends Patrick and Kadena will be hosting a meet and greet with Dr. Wakefield Friday the 29th from 2 to 4 p.m. Again, Friday the 29th, 2 to 4 p.m. at Conspiracy Culture. Now they've moved. New address, 1605 Queen Street West. 1605 Queen Street West, and that's in the Designer's Market, booth number 5. All right. Now, Dell Big Tree and uh, Andy Wakefield, stay with us. Okay, so um, uh, neither of you, you know, uh, jump in here. But the the conversations between Dr. William Thompson and uh, Brian Hooker, uh, he revealed that the analysis plan of this study that he was a co-author of had been altered. Uh, explain if, what that's what the study intended to find out, and then how they altered the the analysis plan. Go ahead, Andy. Go ahead. Okay, right. Well, the analysis plan is a crucial part of any scientific study. It kind of sets out how the rules of how the study is going to be conducted and analyzed. And uh, they had a a pre-agreed-upon analysis plan. All of the co-authors, five co-authors, sat down and hashed this out and decided this is how they were going to cut cook, how they were going to conduct the study. And once you've done that, you've got to stick to that plan. You cannot abandon it, particularly when you find a result that you don't like. And that's exactly what they found. 
they tested the hypothesis that younger age of MMR vaccination was a risk for autism. The younger you, you get it, the greater the risk. And these what were found is that for two groups in particular, there was. A, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, for two groups in particular, there were a, there was a very high risk uh, for getting autism if you would receive the vaccine between 12 and 18 months of age. That's on on the CDC's own recommended schedule. And those two groups of children were children of any race who were developmentally normal for the first year of life, a group that they called isolated autism. And the second group was African-American boys. And those two groups were at very high risk of autism if they got the vaccine on the CDC schedule. That couldn't be allowed to stand. That's the data that they then hid. They then decided to destroy the documentary evidence, the, the all of the contemporaneous documents that led back to that, those observations. William Thompson knew that that was a federal offense. You were destroying documents that um, were owned by the government, in effect, and that was uh, illegal. And so he secretly kept documents that he was able to, able to later supply to us, to Brian Hooker and to Congressman Bill Posey. And so... In making this documentary, what we had is various levels of fraud, including the concealing of statistically significant destruction of federal documents and then later distortion of the truth that led to um, an obstruction of justice, effectively, the the throwing out of 5,000 cases of plaintiffs' children in the U.S. vaccine court who uh, were waiting to have their cases heard on vaccines and autism, they were dismissed, summarily dismissed, by the special masters, the judges. And so um, really what this amounts to is the worst medical fraud in the history of the world. Uh, in the in the uh, film, Adele, the, you show documents, uh, sort of internal documents from the CDC, and I'm not sure if it's uh, the former head of the CDC, Julie Gerberding, uh, who's written notes on there, or someone else, uh, which which really seals this case that they were uh, uh, omitting data. Was it Gerberding, or was it someone else within well, the CDC? Yeah, you see, Colleen Boyle has handwritten notes on some of the. Uh, meeting notes that were provided by Dr. William Thompson. We have to understand is not only has Dr. William Thompson uh, made about a four-hour confession that was recorded over a series of phone calls, uh, which would be, you know, damning enough, but he's provided 10,000 documents, uh, including internal emails and all of this data that Andy Wakefield just referred to that was thrown into a garbage can and destroyed. Um, and so, yes, in, in the film, you will see that this and you have to understand this this study took place between 2000 and 2004. And we see emails where Dr. William Thompson, who is the man crunching the numbers, he's the data guy. He's the one saying, look, it, we are seeing huge spikes in autism uh, in these groups of children we're looking at. We have a real problem. Uh, and when the group of five scientists started deciding to cover that up and hide it, you see emails as Dr. William Thompson starts reaching out to first just, just you know, the, the person right above him and then the head of the department. And then ultimately, as you're saying, he reaches out to Julie Gerberding, who's the head of the CDC at the time of this study. 
uh, saying that, you know, we're being asked to lie and this is not I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to tell the truth. You know, I'm going to talk about, you know, this rise in autism that we're seeing in African-American children and in isolated autism, which is really, I think, the most terrifying uh, thing they discovered was that children of all races that were perfectly healthy for the first year of life were up to seven times more likely to develop autism uh, if they got the vaccine between 12 and 18 months on the CDC schedule versus if they waited till after three years old. All of that was hidden. Nobody um, came through to William Thompson after his emails and said, you know, you're right. We've got to do the right thing. Instead, they took him off the panel. They took him out of his speaking engagement. He was the one supposed to be presenting this to the government, to the IOM, the Institute of Medicine. And instead, they moved him out of the way uh, and uh, and put someone else in place, Frank Stefano. So this is what you see in the film. You see the whole breakdown of science as we know it. When people say the film is either anti-vaccine or anti-science, the truth is, you know, my background is six years as an Emmy-winning producer on the daytime talk show, The Doctors. I celebrate science. I believe in science. I'm passionate about telling stories of science. And science is not taking place at the CDC. This is fraud that's taking place. And children are in harm's way. Millions of children are in harm's way. I live in California, where we've just passed a law that takes away any exemption. Uh, my children cannot go to school unless I give them every vaccine on the schedule uh, designed by this CDC, this lying, fraudulent group of scientists. Uh, are, I have to stick to their schedule. I now know as a, as a journalist that the MMR is a dangerous vaccine, and now the government of California will not let me avoid that vaccine if I want my children to go to school. It's a scary, scary time in America. I think Canada is going to be right behind us. The pharmaceutical industry is pushing fraudulent um, um, products on, on the people of this world. Uh, and it's, it's being mandated by our governments now. And so that's, that's really what's at the heart of the importance of this film. I don't we even want vaccine testing to be safe and thorough. It right. has to be thorough. We've got to make sure these vaccines are safe. I, I don't understand what is so controversial about, for example, because you, let's, you're not anti-vaccine. Dr. Wakefield, you said, listen, take the single doses. And then they got rid of the single doses. They weren't made available. You had to have all three in one, the combination. All you're saying, I mean, in this film, at the very least, is, hey, just wait till after three years to get the MR, MMR. Is it, I mean, what's controversial about that? Well, I think the thing is, that, you know, it's, it's if they reduce the argument, the debate to pro and anti-vaccine, it makes it much simpler for them. This is a public relations exercise. It has no basis in reality. It has no basis in scientific debate or the merits of our respective positions on vaccine safety. It is simply a device. They are pro-anti-vaccine, therefore they're anti-science. We're pro-vaccine, therefore we are pro-science. This is uh, the way in which the pharmaceutical industry and the government operate. And um, it has nothing to do with the facts of the matter but it enables them to convey to the public a very simple, a very distorted message that we, uh, Dell and I and others who are concerned about vaccine safety, are in fact expressing an anti-vaccine message. The film is about fraud at the CDC. They are terrified 
of this film. They're terrified of that exposure. And therefore, the longer they can keep up this public relations facade, the better. The truth is, though, it's crumbling. But again, let's just state for the record, you're not anti-vaccine. You're simply saying MMR should not be given according to the CDC schedule. Just wait a while. Correct? Yeah, my, my position has always been that there is a problem with MMR. It was withdrawn in Canada. Um, originally, it was then withdrawn in the UK after it was introduced. It caused meningitis, withdrawn in Japan. Um, it's, it's inherently problematic right from the get-go. And now we're seeing an epidemic of autism where many, many parents are not anti-vaccine. They took their kids to be vaccinated on time, are saying, my child regressed after the MMR. We did not see, see reports of children regressing into autism after the single measles, mumps, or rubella vaccine. So there is something about the combination that is problematic. And so my position is that parents should be allowed and must always be allowed the choice, should never be forced, but should be allowed the choice of the single vaccines, the single measles, mumps, and rubella if they have concerns, genuine concerns, about the safety of the animal. But and I want to jump in here yeah. a second because I think it's, I think it's important to point out is what we're saying is, and what Andy's been saying all along, is that it would be safer to go with the single vaccines, which are not available to us anymore. It would be safer to wait until after three years old. But you have to understand how this study was done because I think a lot of people are really used to, just from our science classes in school, we're more used to a placebo-based study, which is one group gets the drug, the other group does not. And we see, does the group that takes the drug have more side effects like cancer yeah. or more problems down the road? The Do double blind, that's asthma, the gold you know? standard. That's the gold the standard. Gold, the, the gold standard of all safety testing, and that is not being done at all with vaccines. This study did not look between people between children that got the vaccine and didn't get the vaccine. It simply looked at children that got the vaccine early versus those that got them later. So what we know is there's a seven times increase in healthy children that got the vaccine between 12 and 18 months versus if they'd waited till after three years old, but still children that got the vaccine after three year old, years old developed autism too. What we'd really like to see is what is what does it look like? What is the rate of increase if you look at children that got the vaccine between 12 and 18 months versus those that never got the vaccine at all? That is a study we've been asking for for over 15 years now, and the CDC refuses to do that study, even though that's the exact study every single drug we take goes through. So vaccines are getting a free ride from the standardized testing we all thought was taking place. I think that was one of the most shocking things I discovered as a medical journalist. I was under the assumption, as I'm sure most of the world was, that vaccines were going through scrutinized, you know, safety testing, placebo-based studies, looking at, you know, are there, why do we have such a massive increase in ADD, ADHD in our, in our children now? Why do we have so much 
um, autoimmune diseases, diabetes running rampant, asthma, deadly food allergies. Autism, of course, has gone from 1 in 10,000 in the 70s to now we're at 1 in 45 children and skyrocketing. If we stay on this pace, you'll see in our film, we've, we've had an MIT mathematician lay it out. If we stay on this pace of increase with autism, by 2032, 1 in 2 children is going to be on the autism spectrum. And I was under the impression this we were testing this. I mean, you look at Viagra, a drug we give to grandpa, that went through years and years of safety testing to make sure it didn't have other side effects. Yet the Hep B vaccine, the hepatitis B vaccine we are giving to day one old babies was tested for four days. It's remarkable. And there's a scene That's in the film uh, where uh, uh, we're going into a break, and we'll pick up this uh, point on the other side. There was a uh, There's a scene in Vaxxed from Cover Up to Contro- uh, Catastrophe where a, um, a higher up with the CDC under, uh, under oath, a congressional hearing, is asked that very question. Do you test vaccines for safety with, with a vaxxed versus an unvaxxed group? She obfuscated. She three times she was asked the question, and then finally, uh, the the congress congressman had to pull it out of her. No, we don't test vaccines that way. Very very telling uh, point in the film. All right, uh, Doctor Andrew Wakefield and Dell Bigtree, uh, the director and producer of Vaxxed from Cover Up to Catastrophe. They stay with us right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarin. Welcome back. I remember when the um, the CDC whistleblower story uh, broke a couple of years ago. Dr. William Thompson, the senior scientist on this study, investigating a link between MMR vaccine and autism. We had John Rappaport, medical uh, journalist on the show, talking about it. And at that point, a lot of us were maybe incredulous. But now we hear the voice these uh, taped conversations with Dr. William Thompson of the CDC and uh, this other gentleman, Brian Hooker, who was investigating, trying to, to, to squeeze out of the CDC some of this data to find out what was going on with his own son, who developed autism after getting the MMR vaccine. Uh, and I tell you, you, you really owe it to yourself to see this film. It's called Vaxxed from Cover Up to Catastrophe, and it's playing here in the uh, Toronto area. At the Kingsway Theater, that's 3030 Bloor Street West. Kingsway Theater, 3030 Bloor Street West. And it's playing there from July 29th to the 4th. Um, but there are two special screenings, the 29th, Friday the 29th. And uh, that's from 5 p.m. and also at 7.30 p.m. And then Saturday the, the 30th, Saturday, July 30th from 5 p.m. And a, another showing at 7.30 p.m. Uh, and both of those screenings will be followed by Q&A sessions with Dr. Wakefield himself. And then on uh, the 29th as well, from 2 to 4, Dr. Wakefield will be part of a meet-and-greet at Conspiracy Culture Bookstore, 1605 Queen Street West. 1605 Queen Street West. It's the designer's uh, market building. All right. Uh, Del Bigtree and Dr. Andrew Wakefield, uh, stay with us. Uh, tell me about the uh, the decision to, to tape. This is kind of a sticky wicket, I would think. Uh, the, the the decision to, to to have Brian Hooker record these conversations with uh, William Thompson. Who made that decision? How was it made? Okay. And what are the legalities? Right, there are two issues here. One is the is it legal? And um, the way in which we did this was to uh, in America you have two party states 
and one-party states. Two-party states, both parties on the call have to agree to it being recorded. In one-party states, you don't. So Brian Hooker lived in California, which was a two-party state. He would drive three hours north to Oregon to take these calls to make it legal. That's number one. Number two, people have said, oh, that was a bad thing to do to record these phone calls, him admitting that they had put millions of children in harm's way. Really? Really? Should we be feeling concerned about that in the face of such an egregious crime against humanity? I mean, they don't equate. They don't, I mean, that simply doesn't compute that there was something that was immoral about recording that conversation so that this information could be brought to the public so that they could have informed consent about the true safety of vaccines and what was really going on at the CDC compared with Dr. Thompson's sensibilities about being recorded. I'm afraid I don't see that moral argument whatsoever. That's a great point. I, I, Go I, ahead, Dale. I'd also like to, I'd like to point out, too, that usually when we have a whistleblower story uh, one of the knocks against the whistleblowers, somehow they had an axe to grind. They were trying to get even with a boss or they're trying to blackmail the company into paying them out some big amount of money. Uh, in this case, what we had was Dr. William Thompson was literally con- just confessing his sins. He's, he's going, you can hear the, this cathartic experience taking place in these recordings where he's being relieved to finally get this guilt off of his chest, he's unaware he's being recorded while he's saying this. He has nothing to gain from it. And so really, I think of all the whistleblower stories there's ever been, this is the cleanest whistleblower we've ever had. This man has no reason to be doing this. He's not trying to get in, uh, you know, get it over on anybody or somehow make some money. He's simply trying to get this off his chest and get information to Brian Hooker so Brian Hooker can go about trying to save children on his own. And thank God uh, Andy Wakefield and Brian Hooker were brave enough. And, you know, I mean, I find it interesting. You have two scientists, both Andy Wakefield and Brian Hooker. They're not spies. This isn't what they do. But, you know, William Thompson had already made these many, many confessions and already provided documents to Brian Hooker. And Brian Hooker was beginning to publish uh, data from the data that had been thrown out. So it was just going to be a matter of time before the CDC found out they had someone inside leaking out what they thought had been destroyed, information that they thought they'd gotten rid of. So really, you know, William Thompson was a marked man. In my mind, he could he could be in Guantanamo Bay right now had Andy Wakefield and Brian Hooker not made the brilliant choice to start recording uh, these phone calls and then ultimately putting the you know those statements out online. So they by outing Dr. William Thompson, they saved his life and in addition have I think will ultimately have saved the lives of millions of children. All right, uh, this was a short segment. We'll come back and uh, a longer segment. We'll take it to the top. Dell Bigtree, producer, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, director of Vaxed, From Cover Up to Catastrophe, a film that must be seen. And I'll remind you again later where and how you can see it in here, here in the uh, Toronto area. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
All right, uh, welcome back. Dr. Andrew Wakefield and Dell Bigtree stay with us. Vaxxed from cover-up to catastrophe. Now playing at the, uh, well, will be playing at the Kingsway Theater, uh, July 29th to August the 4th. Uh, but two special screenings, July 29th and the uh, 30th, 5 p.m. and 7.30 p.m., two screenings both days, and they'll both be followed by Q&A sessions with Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Uh, and uh, on Friday the 29th, uh, Dr. Wakefield will also be at a meet and greet uh, from 2 to 4 p.m. at Conspiracy Culture, uh, which is at 1605 Queen Street West, and that's in the uh, designer's market. All right. Um, boy, oh, boy. This is uh, – it's it, to me, it looks like an opening case – an open and shut case that that the CDC uh, omitted data, destroyed data, changed their analysis plan, perhaps even obstructed justice. Uh, you obviously are are pushing for um, Gerberding and others, uh, Dr. William Thompson, uh, to be subpoenaed by a, a, a hearing, a congressional hearing. Now they can't. Dr. Thompson can't volunteer. He has to be subpoenaed. Correct. Correct. It's protected under whistleblower laws. And as such, he simply can't go ahead and talk to the media. He has to brought before a court of law. And in fact, perhaps one of the most effective ways it will be to have this before some sort of court of law, as well as having these people subpoenaed by Congress. And that's what needs to happen. Justice needs to not only be done, but be seen to be done. And these individuals cannot be allowed to hide behind the facade of the CDC, but must be exposed as individuals. And that must be done and it must be a deterrent to anyone conducting this kind of fraud in the future. If they are successful, or you are successful, or Brian Hooker is successful, or all of you working as a team, getting Gerberding and, and other scientists, CDC, sitting there, this is going to be like the, the tobacco giants that were grilled by congressmen and finally, you know, they had to, they, I mean, they, they lied under oath, obviously, about the effects of cigarettes and that the fact that they knew that they caused cancer. I mean, this is going to be right up there with that. This is going to blow things wide open. And there's so much at stake now. I mean, they've got to double down because if they're shown to have been, you know, fraudulent and, and omitting data, destroying data, this is just going to cause, I can't imagine. I mean, millions of, of children are, have been affected. This is just going to be a firestorm. Well, I mean, think we have, we're up against several issues. I mean, you bring up tobacco. When tobacco, when the you know, when that whistleblower stepped forward, tobacco was not the number one most powerful lobby in the United States of America. We find ourselves now where the pharmaceutical industry has more money in Washington than anything we have ever seen. More lawyers, more money pouring, uh, pouring into uh, our politicians and our government. We have the pharmaceutical industry is writing our laws on vaccine policy and pushing that through the politicians that they own. Uh, you know, one of the things we need to get Dr. William Thompson on the stand, but the United States government has failed us this job for two years. I mean, and what's even more terrifying, not only do you have your government not doing its job and protecting these citizens of America, the entire media system in America has has shirked their duty also. I mean, you know, you're a journalist. Uh, they consider journalism is the fourth estate. This is the fourth branch of government. Doc, you know, T- Thomas Jefferson said, if we lose a free newspaper, a free media, we will lose our democracy. And that's exactly what I've discovered along this process. We're being censored out of film festivals, kicked out of theaters, 
And you look at William Thompson steps forward and says, we're committing fraud at the most important health agency in the world. We're committing fraud and putting children in harm's way. And not a single newspaper in the United States of America and not a single mainstream news agency touched the story. And then in July of last year, you brought up Congressman uh, Bill Posey out, out of Florida. A sitting congressman stepped before our own Congress and said, I have done an extensive interview now with the CDC whistleblower, Dr. William Thompson. I have a scientific body looking through the 10,000 documents he's provided, and we it is scary. He is saying to the Congress, the American people are trusting us. They're believing in us. And what this man has showed me and what he's given me and what he has said, the Congress needs to hear. And he ended it saying, please, please, I beg, I implore you, subpoena Dr. William Thompson. And not only has the Congress not done that job now in over a year since that congressman stepped forward and demanded that, not a single newspaper, not a single news agency thought that was a story the American public should know. That is the death of a democracy. We are in dangerous, dangerous shape because our news is now owned by the very industry that is poisoning our children. And that's a fact. And the former head of the CDC, director of the CDC, Dr. Gerberding, is now where? She is now the head of the vaccine division at Merck, the very same company that makes the MMR vaccine. Clearly, they appreciated the job that she did investigating their vaccine. Boy, no appearance of conflict of interest there, is there? Yeah, none. It's, it's, it's the most egregious. You said this is a big story. You're right. This is going to make Watergate look like a nursery game. This is going to make the tobacco industry look like nothing. We have children dying. We, autism's only one part of this. We have more babies die on the first day of life in the United States of America than every other industrialized nation combined. And what's the difference? We inject a vaccine into a day one old baby for a sexually transmitted disease that they will not come in contact with until they are either sexually active or sharing needles. Gardasil, right. Uh, Talk to me about the the 1986 law that prevents uh, the public from suing these vaccine manufacturers uh, and and, uh, how these vaccine courts work, that are basically any penalties are paid by the taxpayer. What an extraordinary situation where you your feet are held to the fire as a government by a pharmaceutical industry that says if you do not not indemnify us from any liability, then we will stop making vaccines. And so that, that's exactly what happened. Reagan signed this into law, but he was re- reluctant to do so. Um, it nonetheless got pushed through. And from that point forward, the pharmaceutical industry in respect of vaccines and the nuclear industry are the only industries that are exempt from liability. And for the pharmaceutical industry, it's only for claims in excess of 100 million billion dollars i believe so the pharmaceutical industry is getting a free ride what an extraordinary business model you make vaccines you buy the politicians to get these vaccines put onto the schedule you then face you have mandatory vaccine laws that mean everybody's got to have your vaccine not once but twice three four five times largely because they don't work very well and then when damage is done you can't be sued and It's an extraordinary business model, and this is why the future of the pharmaceutical industry is in vaccines, because that's where the money is. 
Now they have and set up today, these vaccines. Just, sorry, go ahead. I Tom. just want to point out that the the vaccine court that was created in 1986 basically taxpayers now pay for all damages to children that are damaged by the vaccines instead of the pharmaceutical industry that created these damaging vaccines. And to date, that court has paid out over three billion dollars in vaccine damages to children. So no one can say vaccines are safe and effective. It's impossible. We've paid out over $3 billion for the destruction of human beings. But hasn't the federal government in the United States, because of previous studies, uh, which now are called into question, haven't they eliminated the MMR vaccine from the vaccine court decisions? No, on the contrary. Well, they haven't. It's the flagship vaccine. No, but Andy, what he means is, yes, you you can't really win oh, if you're fighting for uh, autism. If you say that your child uh, developed autism sorry. right after the vaccine, Got you get yeah. kicked yeah. out of um, vaccine court. So now parents are being forced to say things like, uh, um, uh, my child suffered encephalopathy or brain swelling. They have to choose some other uh, category because of this fraudulent study, this fraudulent study. That was, by the way, the last study ever paid for by the United States government looking at the connection between vaccines and autism. This fraudulent study is what they use to say, we've proven it, vaccines don't cause autism. This study is also used against every parent that goes into vaccine court saying that their child developed autism after the vaccine. They say, no, that's impossible. The study in 2004, the MMR autism study, proved that the vaccine does not cause autism. So... As Andy pointed out in the very beginning, not only has this fraudulent study put children in harm's way, it's robbed, you know, tens of thousands of children now of their fair day in court. And all of these parents, the CDC says it costs $5 million to raise a child with autism. And that bill is being left on these poor parents that did what they believed was right, did what their doctor told them to do, went and, and did what was right for society when we're sold on this theory of herd immunity. Their child was destroyed, and they're the ones left paying the bill all by themselves. It's such a criminal act. It's, it's, it's beyond imagination. I want people to, to think about this. 2030, if the trend continues, and there's no sign of, of the, the trend flattening. I mean, it is heading north at a, a exponentially. By 2030, one in two, is it boys or children, will have autism. That's an All children. All children. 80% of boys, one in two children. One in two children, 80% of boys by 2030. That represents an existential threat. That represents an existential threat to the world. I mean, ISIS is a concern. For some, global warming is a concern. But think about this. 80% of boys by the year 2030 will have autism. That's an existential threat, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Adele Bigtree and uh, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, thank you so much for this. I hope we can uh, we can do a follow-up. Um, in the meantime, people can see Vaxxed from cover-up to catastrophe at the Kingsway Theater, 3030 Bloor Street West here in Toronto. It's in Etobicoke. 3030 Blur Street West, July 29th to August 4th. And uh, you can uh, join uh, Dr. Andrew Wakefield and uh, Brian Burroughs for a Q&A after select screenings Friday the 29th and Saturday the 30th of July. And for more information, go to King, Kingsway Movies. 
kingswaymovies.ca, kingswaymovies.ca. Dell, Andrew, thank you so much. Congratulations on the film. You're doing the Lord's work. Thank you very much. And if people go to bashthemovie.com, they can see we'll be streaming the film live. I mean, going out streaming next month and the DVDs right behind. If you want to be aware of what's taking place, sign our newsletter at backstthemovie.com. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being a journalist and doing your job to get this story out there. I really appreciate it. All right, Dell. Thank you. Thank you, so much. thank you, Dr. Wakefield. All right. The other thing is, uh, Adele, actually, he showed these uh, documents to members of, of uh, The Doctors, a very popular television show. You've probably seen it. He showed these documents to two of the doctors. These are mainstream, sort of orthodox medicine, pro-vaccine doctors who appear on that show. They saw these documents. They went through them. They were aghast, absolutely aghast. All right. The website, strangeplanet.ca, that's your portal to this program. Say hello on Twitter, at Richard Serrett, and as always, follow the truth.